It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It's 10 a.m. on a lightly rainy morning in late March, and we are in an office park in Great Neck, Long Island, surrounded by 160 brand new employees of Northwell Health. So here's our agenda for today. We're going to start off our day with a visit from our president and CEO, Michael Dowling. After that, uh, we'll have a brief discussion about Care Connect, and that will be followed by a 45-minute lunch break. First days at work can be confusing, exciting, motivating, boring, or sometimes all of the above. This is Game Plan. I'm Francesca Levy. And I'm Rebecca Greenfield. And today on Game Plan, we're talking all about your first day at a new job. Yeah, thinking back to my first days, there have definitely been some sadder ones where (laughs) you just get there and your boss gives you like 10 minutes of paperwork and is like, let's check back in after lunch. (laughs) And you'd like like, never see them again. (laughs) You just have to pass the time trying not to look like you're checking your email. They don't give you any work to do, but you can't do nothing. Yeah. I don't understand. You can't mess around. So there is a lot of busy work on the first day and most people don't dive right into a new job. I think there's a continuum on one side of the spectrum is that sitting there bored all day and like nothing is set up for you. You don't have a desk to sit at. Your boss is in a meeting. They forgot they hired you. You have I to like wait for them. The but I'm sure it happens. Okay. I'm, that's an extreme. And then on the other side of the spectrum is the completely scheduled and programmed Usually in Silicon Valley, like over-the-top company orientation where, I don't know, everyone goes on a retreat, you do trust falls, you do icebreakers, and really get ingrained in this feeling of Kool-Aid drinking and excitement about the company. We didn't have that extreme, but Bloomberg has an, an orientation. It's like a planned thing. And I guess some of it is like learning how to use the tools you'll be using at your job. But yeah, it was more corporate than I think anything I had experienced. Yeah, there was a lot of free food and there were definitely activities yeah. for a couple of days. A big company like Bloomberg is going to spend money investing in the orientation. I've seen somewhere like $4,000 per employee because the idea is if you can hook people in early, they're less likely to leave the job and turnover is, is a big cost for companies. So they they want to get you excited on day one. I thought it was really interesting that you told me companies are already looking at preventing turnover at that really, really early stage. It makes you realize how important that first day on the job is if what a company does to train you actually has an effect on turnover down the line. Well, yeah, you alluded to this, but the like Kool-Aid drinking corporate culture thing, that's that's what they're 
trying to get you to buy into. And I was reading this story about a company in Silicon Valley that on the first day they asked a woman what her favorite flower and her favorite snack was. And then at the end of the orientation, she got to her desk and it was all right there because they really they really care about her. They really get her and they care about those things. I don't know if I would feel like really touched that my favorite flower, a, a pot of marigolds or whatever was sitting there or like a little bit weirded out. I do love flowers. Yeah, flowers are nice. So that is one of the main purposes of these kinds of scheduled first day activities is engaging employees, getting them to buy into the corporate culture and really be a part of it. Another point of it is just the classic like getting you up to speed on what your job is and teaching you about the company. And so we wanted to get a sense for that first day experience. And since both of us have been in our jobs for a few years, we decided to be a fly on the wall at another company orientation. We went to Northwell Health, which is New York State's largest private employer. It's a big network of hospitals and other healthcare centers, partly because they really pride themselves on their orientation. Their CEO, Michael Dowling, shows up every Monday to personally welcome new employees and explain to them exactly how the company works in a lengthy presentation. So we went to check it out. So we're taken into this big conference room with low ceilings and that that office carpet that doesn't show stains. There are 160 employees all seated at these round tables. They're dressed in business casual suits and jackets. Lots of different types of employees, Northwell employees, nurses and medical technicians and administrative staff. And there's definitely the the nervous, I don't know what to do first day. The first day buzz air. in the air. It quiets down. And there's a series of kind of welcome opening speeches. This is one of the first things that we hear. For you, but we do want to remind you that this is your first day on the job, so we expect your full attention. So what that means is if you see your neighbor starting to nod off, you have our permission to give them a little kick under the table. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, um, if you are found falling asleep, you may be asked to leave. So please give all of our speakers your undivided attention. I love the the sound of the nervous laughter after she makes the joke about kicking your coworker under the table and then the complete silence after she's like, no, but we're serious. We'll kick you out if you fall asleep. Yeah, I was I was shocked by that, that, that they were so aggressive. It makes you think they must have been burned by somebody falling asleep in an orientation. But they're also point. setting the tone of this is serious business. This is important to us and it needs to be important to you. So then there were a couple more short introductory speeches. There was a well-produced sort of inspirational video that showed different people who worked in different parts of the company helping to save lives. The fact that she got so completely better so quickly is a testament to the skill of this team. To be able to see her get better and be able to walk out of the hospital, it's one of the things that I love about what I do. Dr. Graver is like just awesome. And then there was the main event. The CEO, Michael Dowling, came in and said hello And he spent the next hour and a half telling Northwell's new employees exactly how the company works, why they should care about where they work, and what the company culture was like. And it went a lot like this. If you look along the top, we have seven components to the health system. And then there are these things at the bottom. 
So at this point in the orientation, there was a slide up on the screen that had, I think, an estimated one billion bullet points. <laughs> yes. But there were seven columns. Each column was a different part of the business. And yes, under each column was, yeah, roughly 10 to 15 billion bullet points. And he was going to go through every single one of them. When you got to the year 1996, North Shore had 10 hospitals as part of it. Single clinical leadership, uh, chief medical officer, etc. As the, as the business moves out, you've got to create on the outside a large constellation of ambulatory outpatient we were facilities. Not going to nod off but because <laughs> we'd heard the announcement. But um, yeah, this was sort of where we realized as, as interesting as you want to make a first day presentation, there's always going to be some pretty boilerplate stuff that you have to slog through. But after an hour and a half of nuts and bolts healthcare industry stuff, he did lead up to the kind of why people should really care big picture of working at Northville Health. All of us in various times um, don't feel good about our circumstance. We complain about our circumstance. <clears throat> well, get perspective if before you leave work, wherever you work in the organization, but take a half an hour at the end of the day and walk through the oncology unit in the children's hospital, walk through the emergency department of any hospital, walk slowly and observe what you see. You are the ones that they come to, to expose themselves mentally, emotionally, physically to you. But also keep in mind that at some point, you will be there too. But just imagine when you're on the other side, ask the question, how would you like to be treated? I worked in construction, I worked in the docks, I worked in plumbing, I worked in steel factories. This is special. This is different. And if you want to make this your career, you've got to be different. For us to be an organization we sat down with Michael Dowling afterwards, and he told us why he does the orientation the way he does it. People want to be inspired. They want to be, people don't want to work for something. They want to belong to something, especially in healthcare. You want to belong. This is important. What I'm doing is important. And I make a difference. That's what people want. And um, not just clock in, clock out, that kind of stuff. So I do think that Yes, this getting people to buy into a bigger picture will get them to be more motivated and engaged, which I hate that term. But I could also see there being cynicism among employees kind of rolling their eyes and saying, yeah, but also this is just a job. It sounds nice to make employees want to be a part of something, but you also know it's helping the company if employees feel that way. So it has to like it has to really pay off. You know, it's not enough to just tell somebody on their first day, you're a part of something great. They have to actually feel that way. And that that's more than branding. That's like making their job a worthwhile job that they enjoy doing, or at least feel some sense of purpose in. And so we wanted to know exactly what effect this speech had had on new employees. So we talked to a few after the presentation part was over and everybody was eating their boxed lunches at the round tables. I was impressed with the fact that he comes here every Monday and takes the time out to, you know, spread his views on the company and use his thoughts to everybody. Uh, I like how he went back to the history of the, the merger of this hostile health system. I, uh, I must say I never know about that, especially when you come to an organization. It's always great to have the backstory of it. 
and that way you know where the article came from and where it's going to head. So I thought it was wonderful. We were bored during the history of the Northwell healthcare system, but clearly it did impact this employee, and we're just cynical jerks. Well, we might have paid closer attention if it if it, it really was, were our first yes. day. Or he was just telling us what we wanted to hear. But I think by the CEO being there, people paid more attention to that part. That's true. And also, the other thing we were talking about, about building company culture, um, there definitely seems to have been an emotional effect on some employees as well. I, um, I left. I was in the system for 20, almost 22 years here. I left two years, went to a different hospital. And I missed it too much. I had to come back. So I'm so blessed. I pray to God every day that he gave me the opportunity to come back. And I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a great guy. I retired in early January. I'm coming back for Dingham now. Can't get rid of me. So those were the cheerful and enthusiastic and engaged first impressions of some of Northwell's new employees. But there's another side to this first day at work. It's also a way for the company to keep an eye on you and get an impression of what kind of employees are coming through its doors. And we've actually terminated people at orientation. They're falling asleep. Falling asleep and not paying attention. You can tell by a person's body language that they just don't want to be there. I'll give you an example of the last one. Was I noticed right in front of me was a person that all had her head down. I knew she was doing something. And she's reading a book. Tells her to put away the book. She did. She pays attention for 10 minutes and then she starts reading the book again. I don't want that person walking here. If she's in orientation, I'm standing up in front and she doesn't want to pay attention. What is she going to do when there's nobody looking? Eek. Awkward silence. Yeah. yeah, listening to him, I'm like, yeah, of course, she, this woman did the wrong thing. But then thinking back, I'm certain I've been on my phone during orientations. I did not think about the yeah, I mean, impression I was making on my employer. I was a little shocked that it was possible to get fired on your very first day at work when your first day is not even a real doing work yeah, day. Yeah, it's supposed to be an easing into things day, like a like, freebie. Yeah, <laughs> but I also understand that if you're reading a book and then get reprimanded for it by the CEO and then keep reading your book. Yeah, you're, I probably you're, wouldn't do that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he, he mentioned it as like a, a plural thing. Not that <laughs> yeah, it's not, it doesn't happen that often, but it, it has happened that we fired people at orientation. But he also told us a story about how he's used orientation to keep an eye on the, the good ones. We used to hold orientation before we moved into this building. This is years ago. We held it in a, a hotel place type place. This nurse, happened to be a nurse, I didn't know at the time, comes in wearing jeans. When the rule was no jeans. You come into work. So she was stopped. And um, the lady didn't complain and said, oh, my apologies, I, I, I missed it. I, I did read it, I forgot, sorry, sorry. So she disappears. She comes back later wearing a pants, regular pants. She went to the manager of the hotel and borrowed a pants belonging to one of the other workers and came back in wearing a pants with no jeans. I took note of that because I said, now that's the kind of employee I want. She's innovative. Actually, I watched her for years and she got promoted. She was a great employee. It showed that she didn't complain. You know, she didn't say, oh my God, how could you tell me this? There's so many people. She said, wait a second, I'm, I made a mistake. Let me see how I can fix it. And she fixed it. 
Okay, we should make it clear to the listener that at the moment where he pointed out that she was wearing jeans, he took like a full scan of the room, you, me, and our two producers, to see if any of us were wearing jeans. And luckily, we happened to be all wearing our black jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think I was wearing like dark pants, but it was it was a very close uh, call that morning whether I was going to put on jeans or not. So we were dressed up. How do we think this employee felt who got yelled at for wearing jeans? Like, he said she was innovative, but I think she was terrified. Yeah, she was scared the CEO was going to fire her. Which he has done before. So she went and, like, begged somebody to lend her their pants. Like, for her, that she's telling that story as, like, her worst first yeah. story ever. <laughs> Come on our show. Tell us about it. So yeah, we might not think a lot about how we behave on a first day at work, particularly when you're just receiving a lot of information. But clearly, Northwell and a lot of other companies use the first day for a lot of really important reasons that could have an effect on your job down the line. It was cool to get this bird's eye view of an orientation because when it's your first day, you're nervous. There's a ton of information. You don't really know what's going on. You definitely don't have a feel for the land. So it's kind of hard to see how the company might be manipulating you a little bit for better and for worse. Yeah, there's really a certain energy that you have the first day at a new job that it's never going to get any more exciting than that. That's the most engaged you're going to be probably at any point in this new job. And your company can do something with that energy. They can get you thinking about the company culture and focusing on all of the things that you can do to be a part of it. Or they can squander it and just leave you filling out paperwork all day. I think it's important to think about first days as a worker, how you can use them, and and what companies can do during those precious first few hours and days to fill their employees' time. And now it's time for Half-Baked Takes. Half-Baked Takes. You can leave us a voicemail with your Half-Baked Take or anything else you want to tell us by calling 212-617-0166. This week's listener half-baked take is from Annette. Hey, Game Plan gals. This is Annette calling from Chicago. And my half-baked take is that people should stop bringing individual lunches to work every single day. Instead, bring a week's worth of lunch once in the form of groceries. So you could bring, for example, a whole loaf of bread making this a fully baked take. You could bring a bunch of apples. Um, the grocery world is your oyster. So, yeah, again, fully baked. Okay, bye. I love this half-baked take. I think it's a great idea. I have two issues with it. One is it's very hard to do here because a lot of people use the fridge and they clean it out every Friday, so you have to be super you diligent to, about right, your you groceries. Portion out your groceries correctly. Yeah, which is hard for me. And I don't like waste. And number two is that if you put, if I get bulk food, I eat it all in one sitting. <laughs> you told me this. And I was like, no, that wouldn't happen because you're not going to binge eat like deli meats. But you but, said, oh, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm impressed that your guilty snack is like sliced turkey. Oh, yeah. I mean, cured meat. It's delish. So, Becca, what is your not fully formed thought that you want to share with the world today? Mine is kind of a question about how the other half lives. <laughs> and it's about how do people survive with their phones not on locked portrait mode? So, you know, when you 
like rotate your phone, the screen rotates. Right, it changes orientation. It changes orientation, but you can lock that. And I always have it locked because if it's not locked, it's always like going all over the place. I don't understand how you live like that. Well, as a member of the other half, I can speak for all of us when I say we are too lazy to solve that little problem by going into settings and like changing whatever you need to change. Well, and- upgrade your life and then you can yeah. read in your bed and things don't get all crazy. I'm envious of the... the- high quality of life that you have compared to me because you can just wave your phone all around in the air without it changing orientation. I'm inspired. I'm going to do it. You too can live like that. Anyway, what is your half-baked take? I have a seasonal half-baked take for this rainy month of April. Invest in a not expensive umbrella, but a medium expensive umbrella. So most people, especially in our city, I think get the cheapo umbrella you can buy on the street for like 3 to $5. And that's basically like a one-use it breaks mid-storm. Yeah. But sometimes you need to do it in a pinch. But a lot of people, that's like their whole umbrella strategy. Buy the $3 umbrella, it breaks. Maybe but you buy an $8 umbrella if you're like really feeling fancy. Then on the other side of the spectrum, there's, I think, really expensive umbrellas. I'm sure you could buy. Like wooden handles? Yeah, like a $250 umbrella, which is insane because you're, you're definitely going to lose that umbrella in a taxi or, or somewhere and at a restaurant and feel extremely emotional about losing something that expensive. If you buy something kind of in the middle, like $25 to $35, I think that's a good range. I think you should upgrade. I think you should pick out a nice umbrella that looks nice, and it's going to improve your sad, rainy day by being highly functional and keeping the rain off of you and just being kind of like a nice thing that you can have on your rainy commute. But it's not going to be so expensive that it'll just ruin everything if you lose it. I can buy into that. I think 25 to 30 sounds a little bit more than what I'd want to spend, but like... Well, exactly. Like 15? It sounds oh. a little it's, oh. it's a little more than you want to spend, oh, okay. but I'm encouraging you to go outside your comfort zone and do it and I think you'll feel good about it. And I'll change the I'll lock the orientation. All right, on when my phone. I lose my next umbrella. That sounds good. And this has been Half Baked Takes. Half Baked Takes. Thank you for listening to this week's Game Plan. You can find me on Twitter at Francesca Today. And I'm at RZ Greenfield. And you can tweet us your half-baked takes or call into our hotline at 212-617-0166. Love to hear from you. If you like our show, please go to Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you listen and rate, subscribe, review our podcast. Reviews really help get the word out about our show. So if you like it, that's a great way to help. And check out a very cool new product from Bloomberg called Bloomberg Lens. It is a Chrome extension. It's also an iOS app. What it is is a nifty little tool that you can download. And when you're reading an article anywhere on the web, it'll sit alongside the article and give you lots of extra great context about the businesses mentioned in the article. This show is produced by Liz Smith and Magnus Henriksen. The head of podcast is Alec McCabe. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. And now it's now it's time. Now it's happy day. Did that sound really bitter? Yeah. (laughs) I guess we're gonna have to redo this whole episode. (laughs) Charlize and Magnus are thrilled. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. 
Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.